Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Story time. I am a park ranger, responsible for keeping the peace and ensuring the safety of all visitors in the national park. It was a beautiful day in the park, but little did I know that I was about to have the encounter of a lifetime. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It was a calm and peaceful day in the park until I heard strange noises coming from a nearby clearing. I cautiously approached and was shocked to see a large, Bigfoot-like creature. I had heard about these creatures before, but I never expected to actually see one in real life. I immediately called for backup and within minutes, a team of park rangers arrived on the scene. We were all in awe of the massive creature, but we knew we had to act quickly. 
We tried to get as close as possible to the Bigfoot, but it suddenly became aggressive and started attacking us. We quickly realized that we were no match for the creature and were forced to call in the government for help. A team of government agents arrived, armed with advanced weapons and technology, but the Bigfoot was still too powerful. Despite their efforts, the creature managed to escape into the wilderness. The government declared a state of emergency and a massive search and rescue operation was launched to find and capture the Bigfoot. They had to act fast, as it was becoming clear that the creature posed a serious threat to public safety. Weeks passed and the government finally managed to track down the Bigfoot. A team of highly trained agents confronted the creature, but things quickly took a tragic turn. The Bigfoot was cornered and, in a desperate act of self-defense, attacked the agents. The resulting violence was devastating and the Bigfoot was killed. The news of the attack and the tragic ending to the Bigfoot quickly spread, causing outrage among the public. People were shocked that such a magnificent creature had been killed and many felt that it was a waste of a unique and valuable life. As a park ranger, I was deeply saddened by the outcome of the incident. I couldn't help but wonder what could have been done differently to prevent such a tragedy. I realize that we still have much to learn about these creatures and that it's important to protect and preserve their habitats in order to ensure their survival. In the end, the tragedy of the Bigfoot was a wake-up call for all of us. It reminded us that we need to be more mindful of the impact that we have on the natural world and to work towards a more harmonious relationship with the creatures that share our planet. I will never forget the encounter that changed my life and the tragic end to the Bigfoot. It will always be a reminder of the importance of preserving and protecting our natural resources and wildlife. This one happened to me in the early 2010s and admittedly did not happen on the Navajo reservation, but it did take place on another reservation nearby. One night me and a friend were chilling at his house playing games and decided to go out for some late night food. Being that it was past midnight the only option was the 24-hour McDonald's. After getting our food we decided to just cruise around the back roads for fun. The area we were driving wasn't well known to us since we were driving on another tribe's land, but my friend had a general sense of where he was going. The road we were on led us out to the middle of nowhere. We finally stopped and pulled over on top of this big mesa where the road went down in a snake-like pattern. It was night time like I said, but you could still see a long way off in the distance from our little vantage point including house lights in the distance where the road led. After getting out of the car I walked closer to the edge of this overlook point and started howling and screaming to hear my echo. I did that for a few minutes before I walked to the very edge and looked down. I saw a light from a window just below me, close enough to where I could have thrown a stone and hit it. I distinctly remember the light looking like it was from a candle with the flickering, but definitely wasn't dim like a candle would be. I also recall that the windowsill portion was made of stone and looked like an adobe house. Since I was higher up and at an angle I couldn't see inside the window and I couldn't make out what the house looked like in general. All I saw was a light coming from a window. At that point I turned to my friend and said something like, Dude there's a house just right there as I pointed to it. 
We better get out of here before they call the cops on us for screaming my friend looked over and saw the light from the window too. He laughed and agreed so we both got in his car and split. Nothing spooky or creepy even crossed my mind that night, just that I may have scared someone in their house with my screaming. A few weeks later me and the same friend went cruising around again, but this time during the day. We visited the same area and pulled over to look at the view. I went back to the edge of the mesa and looked over, but to my surprise there was nothing there. Not only was there no sign of the house, but a house couldn't have been built there in the first place. It was way too steep and rocky. Just boulders, sand and weeds. I relayed this info to my friend and he looked over the edge too and that's when we both were like, what the f did we see that night then? My story ends years later when I met and befriended a co-worker who lived and grew up on the reservation where that Mesa Overlook was. We began trading scary stories, that guy has some crazy shit he experienced out there, and I told him about seeing the adobe house at night that wasn't there in the daytime. He laughed and said something like, dude you saw the witch house I asked him to explain and he said that the area I was in was known for being a spot that people stay away from at night. Apparently witches hang out there now and then and there is a small adobe house on that cliff side but it's very small. Like something your average person would have to crawl to get into. He doesn't know much more than that, but says he knew plenty of stories of people seeing it lit up at night. So that's my true story about seeing a possible witch house. Just like how skinwalkers are Navajo witches there are other similar witches for other tribes. I don't know the name given to the one I saw. But it's a cool little story to have in my pocket. I was going hunting with a very good friend of mine up to an area that we have hunted a few times before. The area is far up Baker Creek Road past Rainbow Lodge to an area that was recently logged. It was early October just after my 21st birthday. Our day trip was in search of deer and bear. We decided after not being able to see much of anything due to a heavy mist and fog that we would hit a spot that my friend said would be perspective for finding the type of game we were looking for. It was about one-fourth mile from the clear cut we had just viewed. We had to drive on an old logging road no wider enough for one car. We arrived at the location and got out. I as usual needed to relive some pressure from drinking too much coffee and my friend told me to head directly down to what appeared to be a meadow near a creek. He said he was going to meet me down there by going another direction. I soon found myself on a steep decline down the hill via deer trail. Within 5 minutes I was at the bottom of the hill and began noticing a musky smell, far more pungent than that of elk and I shrugged it off. I was trying to walk as silent as possible but still managed to crackle the brush as I walked. Off in the distance towards the creek I began to continuously hear limbs snapping and grunting no more than 40 yards away. I thought to myself that this was just my friend tripping over the underbrush and quietly pissing and moaning as he normally does. I got to where I thought was a good spot and just stood there. I kept hearing limbs and twigs snapping and no more than 5 minutes later had I been hearing this stuff I discovered that my friend was back up by the vehicle and what was in front of me wasn't him. I began getting scared and I high-tailed my rear back up to the truck. 
I decided to light up a cigarette and listen and whatever it was down there was slowly making its way up the hillside slowly away from me. I still travel to the area to this day and still get a very eerie feeling that that thing is still up there watching me. I believe it was 2005. I was driving around at approximately 12.30am with three of my friends in my car. We stopped so my friend and I could relieve ourselves off of Canandaigua Road down a dirt driveway. I knew the driveway was there having seen it during the daytime. It was just a place where the town of Farmington, New York, Ontario County, would dump old asphalt. I was on the driver's side of the car, my friend on the passenger side, and both of us looking in opposite directions. I saw something on the top of a small hill maybe 50 feet in front of me. I thought it was a tree initially but it turned and started moving from my left to my right. It was very tall, at least 8 feet, maybe 10 feet. Extremely long arms that stretched down to their knees. Was grey or white in color and had somewhat of a small head. The words that came to me were WTF is that? But before I could utter those words, my friend said, WTF is that? I turned to get back into the car which I left running but with headlights off and I saw another one in the direction he was facing. It was absolutely terrifying and if I had a gun with me, I wouldn't have done anything. But what I did was drive away as fast as possible. The other people in my car caught a glimpse of these creatures but not as well as my friend Rob and I initially, I could only assume they were aliens. They did not look like a monkey or Bigfoot or anything like that. They had no fur or hair and were skinny and just very scary looking. I assumed they were very dangerous and of all the time I've spent outdoors, in the woods, and in rural or mountainous areas, I've never seen anything like those things. After that, I hadn't seen Rob in several years as we lost contact with each other. I ran into him at a gas station about 8 years later and the first thing he said to me was, Hey do you remember when we saw those things out in the middle of nowhere? The memory to him was just the same as mine and upon seeing me that was the first thing that popped into his mind and mine as well. Recently, speaking to a friend of mine who has a lot of interest in supernatural and paranormal things. I told her the story and she suggested that they were skinwalkers. She found some pictures that were animated of what they might look like. I definitely think that is what we had seen out there that night. I would absolutely love some insight into what these things are and why they may have been there. It does terrify me to think they had some kind of ominous purpose or could have been dangerous but I'd still love to know. Thanks for taking the time to get back to me and read this. I will attach the picture my friend Bailey sent me which is a very good depiction of what I saw. Also, I will send the exact location of where this encounter occurred. Thank you very much. My girlfriend and I were staying in a pop-up camper as campground hosts at Cascadia State Park in Cascadia, Oregon about 13 miles east of Sweet Home, Oregon during the summer of 2003. I had played some Bigfoot recordings approximately 20 minutes before getting into bed. Shortly after laying down, sounds started coming from the woods directly behind the camper. It sounded like a buck snorting, but much louder. Limbs were being broken continuously. My girlfriend and I were scared and I would not get up to go and see what was going on. 
The sound subsided within about five minutes. One week later, I played the sounds again through my computer speakers and the same experience happened. This time it sounded as though there was a landslide as well. The next morning, one of the campers told the ranger about hearing some strange noises and something that sounded like a landslide. My girlfriend and I never smelled anything out of the ordinary. We just heard loud snorting sounds and limbs or trees being broken. Whatever it was, it sounded mad. I promise that this took place back in the summer of 2003 and I am not saying for sure it was a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. I honestly do not know what it was but I do know that I was too scared to do any investigating at the time. My girlfriend and I went into the woods the following day, but we could not find any tracks. I grew up about 18 miles from Falk, Arkasas where a Bigfoot creature has been reportedly been seen. I am currently living in Atlanta, Texas which is about 30 miles from Caddo Lake where you recently filmed a Mysterious Encounters episode. I just wanted to share this information about what I experienced during the summer of 2003 with you. After reading some of your experiences, I wanted to share my own to see if I could get your opinions on what me and my family saw in the Black Hills of South Dakota. About five years ago when I was 17 I visited some of my family who lived in South Dakota and worked there for the summer. After about a month my brother, sister, and her husband decided to do what Americans do best and go shoot guns in the woods. I had to work a evening shift so it was decided we'd go after, around 10 pm. Once my shift ended we went to their house to pack up the truck with some snacks, guns, and ammo. The drive took around 45 minutes and it took us up a dirt road surrounded by trees and tall grass. Eventually it opened up into a clearing that was pretty open and flat. The nearest tree line was about 100 feet away. It was pretty dark but the clearing was lit up by the truck's headlights. I kinda felt uneasy, but I chalked it up to just being in the woods at night. For the first 20 minutes nothing really happened, we were just setting up plastic bottles and those plastic gallon buckets you'd get water out of at an office. There was a feeling of being watched that we all felt. The area suddenly reeked of spoiled eggs. Those of you who have shot guns know they can smell but, even since going the military no amount of guns and explosions have smelt this bad. We looked around to see if we could see the source and what I saw I can still vividly remember to this day. What I saw was a thin humanoid figure crouching down looking at us. Even while crouching down it was still about 6 feet in height. When I say this figure was thin, I mean skin and bones barley do it justice. The even weirder thing about this was we all saw the figure in different spots in the tree line, but we all described the same features. Tall, thin, had long dark hair. We quickly packed up what we could and left. The feeling of dreading felt that day will forever haunt me. Since then my brother mentioned the area might have been in native territory, but I don't know how if that's true. Every once in a while I think back on that day and I look up different stories and encounters people have in woods, but nothing quite resembles what I saw that day. Alright, I have no idea how to format or write this considering it is my first time ever seeing something paranormal, but yesterday I spent the night at a friend's house. 
I will call them Sam and Bob for privacy reasons. Everyone else's name will also be changed. It was Sam, Bob, Jeff, and I Sam and Bob are brothers. Anyways, Jeff and I had came over and brought our dirt bikes. So naturally we spent the day riding. We had also ran to a store and picked up some fireworks to let off that night. We had quit riding at around 7. Keep in mind this is Eastern Kentucky, in the middle of the woods and farmland, because Sam and Bob's family are loaded with money, since we had finished riding, and it was getting pretty dark. We decided to light some fireworks. We had been lighting some smaller firecrackers and fountains and whatnot. But, Jeff had the idea to have a Roman candle war. In the middle of the war, when we were grabbing new candles, we heard a whoosh, which ended up being a used Roman candle firing a shot in the grass, but we didn't know that immediately, and Sam made the comment, that it was probably a Wendigo. Unto which Bob and Sam get in a huge argument about if Wendigos live in Kentucky or not. This blew up and ended with resolving it with a pillow fight on a trampoline. After we were all gassed out, I decided we should spend all night on the trampoline. At around, 9 or 10-ish, Jeff and I spotted some coyotes at a tree line across the road from us. We all went inside because I freaked out because I'm from a city and don't like wild animals. Also it stunk really bad. It smelled like dead rabbit or deer, probably the coyotes got something, so we all go inside but leave the pillows and blankets on the trampoline. After about an hour inside Sam tells us we forgot the bedding on the trampoline, and he wanted me and Jeff to go get it. I being terrified of the dark, beg Jeff to come with me. He agrees and we throw our socks and shoes on, and head out the back door onto the patio or porch. We go down the stairs and towards the trampoline. I am behind Jeff grabbing the back of his shirt and he has a flashlight pointing straight. I'm looking to the right towards past the road looking for the coyotes. But I hear a thud sound to our left. I look over there and there is a line of four trees parallel with us. They are shaped in a V starting at the base. I don't see anything but I tell Jeff to point the flashlight over there and we don't see anything. So he swings it straight and keeps walking. I hear the thud this time but this time Jeff also hears it. It is much 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 louder, it's still to our left. Jeff swings the flashlight in between the second and third tree in the row and it's walking straight with us, not at us, but towards the same direction we were going. As soon as the flashlights lands on it, it's behind the third tree now and it stands up in the middle of the V of the tree, it stood about 4 or 5 heads taller than me and am 5 feet 9. It was incredibly skinny as in I could see its ribs through its skin, which was a bright white, like not fluorescent white, but when the flashlight hit it, it definitely had a glow. Its eyes were the scariest part two big reflective orbs that were dark grey or blackish but here's the catch they were reflective in a sense, like the eyes illuminated the flashlight back at us. Also his hands were gigantic its fingers wrapped around the tree trucks and they were super long, Jeff looks over and I scream and he just stands still I turn around and he is still standing but he dropped the flashlight. I still have his shirt in my hand and I yank him hard and he just takes off in front of me, I sprint past him and up the back porch stairs, he falls on the stairs and I run to the door and open it and wait for him as soon as he runs through I slam it shut and lock the deadbolt and shut the curtains and jumped back onto their couch. 
Sam and Bob were putting their socks and shoes on when we ran inside because they had heard me scream my lungs out. Jeff is standing on the couch and he starts babbling and tell them what he saw and I started hyperventilating. I have anxiety and asthma and had an asthma attack. I haven't had one in years and I stopped carrying my emergency inhaler a long time ago. Sam is bewildered and I started crying while I was having my fit. I cried for almost an hour and didn't fall asleep until almost 3 am. I woke up and packed and my parents came and scooped me up so I am now writing this from my house. If you have any questions or answers please tell. God bless y'all. My husband came home with this story and he does not believe in Bigfoot. Him and a friend, went up to Dead Horse Lake, to go fishing for an overnight fishing trip. He said it was around 10 pm and they were standing by the fire talking when they heard a very loud scream. He said about 30 seconds after the first scream stopped they heard another one that was quieter and shorter. They both looked at each other and said what in the hell was that? They did not hear it again. Whatever it was scared the hell out of them and they went and got into the pickup and locked the doors. He did say that he has never ever hear a sound like that before. My husband and his friend are big time hunters. A few years back, after a divorce I ended up homeless and living in an RV, caravan, for about a year. I was offered a job 3000 miles away from my ex and it seemed like a good idea at the time, so my two small dogs and I started driving west. In western New Mexico, outside Albuquerque, we stopped at a native casino and RV park for the night. It was a very nice park, the bathhouse was huge and meticulously clean, the sort of place where tourists weren't allowed to feel uncomfortable while camping next to miles of wilderness desert in the middle of the reservation. I was just glad they didn't turn us out for being in a 40-year-old small RV, other parks had. Turns out RV living is only okay if it's obviously a choice instead of a need. The next morning, I checked outside my door before letting my two small dogs out. There are a lot of things that would be happy to snack on a toy poodle. Sure enough, a coyote was exploring the area. I'm used to East Coast coyotes that will take off as soon as they see you're a full-sized human. So I hopped out, left my pups locked up, and made sure I didn't make eye contact as I went towards the bathhouse. I nodded and greeted him politely as I went by. He was still there when I came out. I told him it would be appreciated if he gave us some space so my kids could come out for their bathroom breaks before we got back on the road. He huffed at me and started walking down the dirt road out into the bush. After a few steps he turned and looked back at me, so I followed behind him by about 30 feet or so. Just for the record, following a coyote into the desert at dawn probably wasn't the wisest decision to make. I was very careful not to leave the dirt road. There was a natural clump of three boulders about 10 to 12 feet tall within easy eyeshot of the casino. The coyote calmly walked around the rocks. And then from the other side, moving at the same casual pace, came on older native gentleman. His hair was in braids to his waist, he was wearing old jeans, blue gingham shirt and a woven hat. He tipped his hat at me and kept walking east out into the bush. That was when a raven I hadn't seen started laughing at me from the top of the tallest boulder. 
The bird took off, flying east, and in the light of sunrise seemed to shift from black to white to orangey-red in color. I wished them both a kind day, hoofed it back to the park, and broke camp in record time. Ravens and crows followed me for the entire time I lived on the west coast. Even when I would walk to work, there were three that paced me every day. Now that I'm back on the east coast I kind of miss them. I am an amateur rock hound. I was at a basalt lava flow cut through by the river. It was one of my favorite spots. I was there with my dog, a border collie. I was picking the rock looking for opal and agate. It was getting late and the sun was going down. I had lost track of time and didn't want to hike out in the dark so I quickly gathered my stuff, threw it into my backpack called my dog who was laying down chewing a stick and started out. I was in a clearing, all flat rock, and there was a small log jam and brush to go over to get on the trail. I had a .38 revolver in my hand. I've came over a log jam once only to scare a six-point elk on the other side. I've encountered bear in the area as well. My dog jumped up onto the logs and I was right behind him. He stopped and started growling. He was quiet and shaking. He was staring to my left. I slowly looked up to my left and there it was standing still halfway behind a tree. About 7 feet tall, black, and still and quiet and about 30 feet from me. I looked back down at my dog and he was frozen. All I could think of is I got to get out of here now. I gave him a nudge with my knee and he wouldn't move so I went around him, got on the trail to my right and my dog followed. I walked 100 feet as fast as I could without running thinking the whole time that's not what I think it is. Then an overpowering smell came over me. It smelled like rotten fish, garbage, and shit in a bag and then putting your face in it. I've never smelled something that nasty before. At that point I'm thinking that is what I'm thinking it is. E heard that they smell. I have never been so scared in my life, I can't describe the feeling. I just keep walking as fast as I could without running. Then I heard it. It was behind me grunting. It was like a teenage boy's voice at puberty. It was going ba ba. Not real loud but I knew it was following me. I couldn't look back. The smell was gone but I could hear it still right behind me. This was a mile down the trail. Then the smell came back real strong and I looked over my shoulder. It was standing in a clear spot next to the river on a bend, behind it was the white water and rocks. It was standing there still. Its arms were past its knees, real broad shoulders. At this point about 50,60 yards back. I couldn't bring myself to look at its face. It followed me for another half mile judging by the grunts and crashing through the ferns. Then I finally made it to my truck, got in, locked the doors and got the hell out of there. I forgot I had a pistol in my hand. That's how scared I was. I've been back in the woods one time since, and not alone. I used to explore the woods two to three times a week. No more. I was around 12 or 13 and in middle school at the time, waiting around at the bus stop the sun was rising. I was mindlessly looking around when I caught a glimpse of something quite large in a tall tree, it looked heavy set and I could make out wings. I saw it move a little and I freaked out, 
set out to run and then I saw the bus, I turned around and the creature was gone. I figured I had totally imagined the whole thing. I was very tired it was early whatever. Fast forward a few weeks and it's about 9 pm and dark outside. I'm in my room watching TV when all of a sudden I hear banging on my window and yelling, I look out my window to see my best friend. I open the window and like a crazy person climbs through telling me to close the window. Turns out he claimed to have saw something in the park huge with wings and it was chasing him from the park, the park was a short walk from my house less than 10 minutes. This is the last time I hear about the creature until my sister called me a month or so ago and was asking me about the creature I saw. I told her it was years ago I don't remember a whole hell of a lot about it and I figured I hallucinated it or just plain made it up. She starts telling me about a story her husband was telling her about a flying creature that chased him and his friends at that same park in the middle of the night. What he recounted seemed pretty accurate to my experience. To the best of my knowledge the creature reminded me of a gargoyle. I can try to recount more or get more info from my brother-in-law if there's any interest. It was late at night and my husband and I fell asleep watching TV in the living room. We always slept with the windows open at night for the fresh air and this being a particularly warm night we did just that. We never worried about prowlers since the neighbors had dogs and went off like alarms anytime something uncommon happened. We'd been there for about three weeks and noticed that the cows in the nearby, backyard, field were always acting nuts at night. They would quite often for no apparent reason start making noises like they were very frightened. I've grown up around farms and know that cows don't act this way for no reason. I found it a little unnerving when I found out from neighbors that cougars sometimes frequented the area too. So, needless to say I kinda thought maybe the cougars were making the cows crazy. Taunting them? Well, when I woke up around 2.30 am I didn't really know what woke me, that's when I heard the most thunderous roar slash scream slash grunting like holler or whatever people wanna call it. It was a deep, throaty, and loud. It was so loud I could have sworn it was in the house. I tried to wake my husband while I stared intently at the window thinking maybe I would catch a glimpse of it, not really wanting to though. It continued screaming in short angry bursts a couple more times. I say angry because it sounded so mean. Like ferocious. I also heard another less intense but painful sounding shriek in the midst of its deafening roar. I was so terrified it was if time stood still. You know that adrenaline rush you get when something freaky happens? Almost like it can't possibly be true. The thing I've never been able to forget is the scream, and I've yet to be able to explain the way it sounded. I don't believe it could be mimicked by any other man or animal. It was as unique as it was terrifying. All of our cats disappeared. We had three cats. I always saw our neighbor's cats though and they were outside cats. It just struck me as odd. We gave up on having pets after two months. Sometimes at night we would hear load thumps outside our bedroom wall. A few times my husband actually went for his rifle because he thought someone was outside in his shop. We finally moved to a place in the city, far from wooded areas. At least I can go when I want to, and the things don't come to me. I should start by saying that I couldn't be sure this wasn't a 
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bear, but it was much bigger than the other bears I've seen. I was exploring the dirt roads off of Hillockburn Road. FS Road 45, trying to find a route to Malala that was still open. I was riding a motorcycle, KLR 650, and came upon a long straight and saw what I assumed to be a very large bear in the road. I'm an accomplished backpacker, adventure motorcyclist, and general outdoors person. I know that large bears are unusual this close to civilization, and that certainly any bears you might encounter are black bears. I'd encountered black bears several times in Oregon. While backpacking, and know what they look like. My first reaction was to slam on the brakes, the thing was probably 300 yards away, but very large. As soon as I stopped the thing stood up on two legs and walked away directly sideways off the road and into the brush. I know bears don't walk for on two legs, especially when making an escape, so that seemed out of place. I rode up to the where the thing had been and saw it had been feeding or checking out a dead deer in the road that I hadn't noticed. The odd thing is that this is in the middle of nowhere, relatively speaking, I've not seen another car up here once you leave the main road, and the odds of a car or truck being up here and hitting a deer is practically zero, but the deer had been dead for some time, and was black and rotting. I realized that I'm sitting next to Carrion and had just seen either a bear or something more threatening eating it, and rode away quickly to continue my exploring. The only other thing to point out is that the deer wasn't there when I rode back out. This is an area that saw a lot of logging in the 70s and 80s, but is relatively unused now. Most roads are gated, but that doesn't stop a motorcyclist, and generally the forest is young with small sections of old growth. Where I made this sighting there was bigger trees by the side of road concealing an old logging project about 25 feet off the road. Haven't told many people about this, as I didn't want to seem crazy. I've since heard that there have been a number of sightings near Colton, which was the next closest town besides Estacada.
In northern Idaho, deep in the Rocky Mountains, there is a cabin that runs a cattle ranch. Chris's brother knows the owner, and invited Chris to spend a weekend up there for some hunting and hiking. The brothers gathered their supplies and a few of their best pals and took off to the mountains. As they were driving up the winding Idaho roads, his brother issued a cryptic warning. Sometimes the cattle escape into the woods and need to be tracked down. The owner of the ranch has seen strange creatures in the forest. I'm not messing around, everyone laughed and didn't take the warning seriously. Within the hour they arrived at the cabin. On the second day in the mountains, Chris decided to go on an afternoon hunt with one of his friends. They drove down a back road into the forest until the road ended a few miles from the cabin. They got out and walked to the nearby creek, then split off with one person going upstream and one person going downstream. After walking for a ways, Chris came to a silty deposit where he noticed a foul odor and a broken pine tree that was green and healthy. The trunk was snapped in the direction of the water. There were four finger indentations in the tree bark like it had been squeezed and pulled down by a massive hand. Sap bubbled from the compressed bark. On the ground he discovered numerous huge footprints with five toes stamped into the silt. He followed them and counted 73 beautiful tracks that lead to another snapped green pine tree. This tree also had big finger marks on it, and was facing in the direction of the water. Tracks danced all around this tree. The smell was now overwhelming. Chris became so spooked that he immediately ran back to the truck. His friend had shot a deer, and they quickly drove back to the cabin with it. At the cabin, Chris explained the situation to everyone. That night, half a dozen men from the cabin armed themselves, each with a rifle and a pistol, and returned by truck to the end of the dirt road. They parked the truck facing the creek and then walked on foot to the edge of the water. It was a moonless starry night, but the horrible smell still lingered. The band of hunters waited, and at one point held into the night, calling for the creature. Chris thought he could hear something moving in the forest, but the creek was too loud to be sure. He decided to walk alone upstream and into the woods to get a clearer sound. He could hear that there was definitely something big making its way through the pines. He ran back to the hunters and warned them that something was approaching. Moments later, from both up and downstream, they began to hear branches snapping and footsteps thudding. The sounds came from both directions, closing in on the group. The footsteps grew louder and louder until the booming crunch of a log under the surface of the mud spooked them so much that they all ran back to the truck. In less than two minutes, they made it back to the vehicle. The moment they fired up the truck and turned on the headlights, they could see two massive bipedal hairy creatures moving up the creek in the location they had just retreated from. The creature's eyes shined from the truck's headlights. All of the men had clear shots, but all took flight back to the cabin in terror. The stench greeted them upon their return. They feared that with the slain deer outside, the creatures would be drawn to the property. They all slept curled up with their guns that night, but no more signs of the creatures would be found. I told you little brother, I was not effkin around. He figures he ran into a family of them. There was a wild look in his eyes as he turned to me and said, I know they exist. I was camping by myself at Pansy Lake, 
just south of the Clackamas-Marion County line in and had an encounter. My tent was pitched on an old access road that had grown over but would be an easy route for wildlife. Also, nearby is an abandoned copper mine cave. I noticed that creature sounds were not normal as I went to sleep. I woke up about 1am and could sense that something was nearby. I made no noise and listened intently. After a few minutes I heard a significant branch break. I knew a sizable creature made that noise. I am blind without my glasses but found my mag light and panned it back and forth in the direction of the noise. After 10 or 20 seconds of this, I heard chest beating like a mountain grouse but knew better. I kept up the panning because I did not want to show weakness. Then I got deep lung, ape-like sounds which I cannot describe or attribute to any animal I know of. It was obviously not happy with the light. I kept up the panning and finally the thing took off down a small canyon on the downhill side of the road and up the other side making lots of noise going through the brush. When it got to the other side, I panned over there too and got the ape-like sounds again. I stayed up the rest of the night and nothing else happened. I had gone on many hikes and was never scared like this. That was my last hike. A side note is, vehicles were being habitually vandalized at the trailhead at about this time. Could be humans or possibly the creature. Also, the creature was going in the direction of the abandoned copper cave. This just happened to me now. I was filling my watering pail on the side of my house for my small garden, I know gardening and fairies how ironic. I turned on the outside tap to fill up my pail and randomly looked up to see a green thing hovering around my master bedroom just going up, down, flying away and coming back. It looked to be one one and half inches and I shit you not it looked like it had a tinkerbell dress on. It wasn't glowing, I couldn't see any arms, legs or hair but I could definitely tell there was a small head or something that was a different color than the green body. The wings seemed to flutter extremely fast like a hummingbird but it was transparent. So here's the thing, I would have just thought nothing of this and said oh this is just a weird insect or something whatever and carry on with my day but the moment I saw this thing I went full fight, flight, or freeze mode. I wanted to run for some reason but somehow my curiosity was more powerful than my body telling me to run. I froze in place with my pail in my hand just watching this green thing fly with every hair on my body standing up like a scared cat lol. Another thing is I couldn't get a very good look at that green flying thing even though it seemed so close to me, about 2-4 to four feet away from each other, it just looked blurryish with the biggest detail I could see was the green dress. I stared at this thing for only like 20 seconds and it flew off but it like dropped something almost like a tiny leaf that I saw flutter into my neighbor's yard. I rushed to look at what fell but couldn't find anything on their grass and guess what? When I tried looking for that bug thing again it's freaking gone. What kind of insect drops shit when they fly away? Lastly I live on Oahu, Hawaii we ain't known for fairy sightings. I had a very close encounter with what I believe was an alien. I was about 9 or 10, playing in my friend's backyard which happened to be a forest. The four of us were playing games in the forest and decided to take a break. We all gathered around a couple of fallen trees to hang out when suddenly, 
From behind a tree no more than six to seven feet in front of me, a tall, dark, creature poked its head out. I very briefly made eye contact with it. Or at least it felt like I was staring it in the eye. I couldn't actually see the eyes as the creature was very dark. I turned to look at my one of my friends who had also noticed this creature. Without saying a word to each other we bolted from the forest and into his house. The two other friends followed us closely not realizing what we had just experienced. This experience still haunts me to this day. I still lose sleep over it nearly 20 years later. I lost touch with the friends I was with that day but I did contact the one who also saw the creature a couple of years ago just to get his thoughts. He pretty much remembers the exact same thing. I wish there was a group I could join or a therapist that wouldn't think I'm totally crazy. I feel like that experience has played a significant role in my life. I'm still searching for answers and would love to chat with others who have similar experiences. I need to know I'm not alone in feeling consumed by my experience 20 years ago. I had this old century house in Missouri where it had all of these outbuildings like barns, sheds, and a chicken coop. The whole place always felt weird but especially the chicken coop. It was so bad my parents didn't even let me within 500 feet of the chicken coop. That area felt like hell and full of dread. What really set stuff off was when me and my cousin saw this skin color, naked humanish figure inside of the old chicken coop through the window. I saw this thing a few times and it always seemed like it was pacing in there. Me and my whole family kept our good distance from that place so I don't know if it ever noticed or cared about us. The farmhouse was built in Battlefield, Missouri where a large battle from the Civil War took place so I think this thing could have been a ghost or spirit of a dead soldier. This can also be further evident by my aunt who says there was the ghost of a boy wearing a Confederate uniform who was trapped in one of the bathrooms. Hey folks. It took me some time, but I think I'm finally ready to share my encounter with you now. It happened in Western Germany and what I'm about to share is the genuine truth. It all started with a horrible animal screaming sound outside my house at night, which I already compared to all wildlife animal sound records from zoology institutes, but nothing comes close to it. It kind of sounded like a woman screaming in agony, but then again even worse. It felt like I could feel the sound's vibration in my veins, it's hard to describe. It was really scary. I live in a tiny house next to forests, mountains. It was a dark October night and I laid in my bed, which is in a sleeping corner. Right in front is a window, which is always half opened and above me is just a flat roof. Garden all around the house. At first I heard one animal, creature scream. Then there seemed to be two of them. They sounded very close and wouldn't stop screaming for minutes. The next thing I heard, was something heavy running through the garden under my bed window. Followed by heavy branches breaking at the height of my level, second floor. I also heard a loud rush of air or wind combined to that. In the next second, this animal slash creature jumped on my roof, so in that moment it was right above me, ca. 2 to 3 meters. And that was the moment, when things started to get messy and very confusing to me, until this day. First I want to point out, 
that this animal, creature sounded so heavy, when it landed. I don't know any animal species, that big, around here. It sounded massif and therefore surreal. Also the quickness of its movement seemed surreal. After that jump it started to run on my roof. From one side to the other. It first sounded like it was something extremely heavy, on two legs. But that suddenly changed too, what sounded like something extremely heavy, on four paws. I remember sitting straight up in bed right under it with an intense pulse and my mind just trying to process, what I'm hearing. What kind of creature that is. That was also the turning point, when I seriously felt threatened. Since I'm a girl living alone in a tiny house and didn't really have any protection to fight something massive like this off, just knives or pepper spray, which quiet sure would have been useless. So I decided to do something stupid, I guess. I thought maybe I could shock it, scare it away, so I hit against my bed window with my flat hand, as hard and loud, as I could. What happened next messes with me until today. Not even one second passed, after I hit the glass, when this creature hit it right back from outside. So, it must have been sitting right above me in that moment and reached down to my window. And it reacted so quickly, it was surreal. The sound of what touched my window glass sounded like a mix between big claws and feathers. This reaction and the way it sounded put me in kind of a shock I guess. I realized I'm quiet screwed in that moment. Because whatever it was, it was very intelligent, huge, and wouldn't back off. That's how it felt to me. As if it would say, you have no power here. I am always one step further. Know your lane. Basically I just froze then. On my bed, my back at the wall and all I could do was staring at where it hit the window glass. I was too scared to close it. I was too scared to breathe even. Then it suddenly just left my roof, which sounded again like a massive weight would jump off in the air. I never shared this encounter before, because I felt pretty alone with it. Until last night, when I went on Reddit to look for someone from Germany who experienced something similar and I was lucky. His post is today 24 days ago, he and his hunting buddy heard the same screaming sounds from a cow's field, then they were chased for a short time by something but couldn't see it. Reading about his encounter made me want to step forward with mine as well. Since there are quite some confusing aspects, details to my encounter, it's a bit hard to find someone with a similar experience. So I genuinely hope, that this post reaches someone, who can relate and who'd be open to share his, her experience as well. If you'd like to know more about my encounter please feel free to ask everything you like of course. I decided to make this post because I've never come across a story that lined up with the beings I saw. When I was in high school me and four other friends were hanging out and we decided to go to a park area at a nearby lake. So we park in the parking lot and start heading down the path that leads to this gazebo covered picnic area with about six picnic tables under it. It's around 8 to 9 o'clock during the summer so the sun is setting and it's starting to get dark. My friends and I are being loud and joking with each other and not really paying attention to everything around us but I notice that there are two guys under the gazebo. So I turn and am like guys, guys, there are people over there. 
So we look them for a second and Therese one guy that has his arms crossed and leaning up against one of the gazebo posts and the other is sitting at one of the picnic tables with his arms on the table. They looked completely proportionate and human. One guy had a hoodie on with his hood up and the other guy had a hat on. So I yell hey, what's going on? They don't say anything or move. I decided to walk over to them and one of my friends decided to follow me but they were about 5 to 10 feet behind me. Im walking up to the gazebo and ask again hey, what's up guys? No response. Im still not noticing anything weird about them other than the fact that they aren't responding. I get about 2 feet away from them and I approached in a way so that I had one to my left and one to my right. I look at the guy leaning on the post and notice I can't really see in details of where his clothes ended or if he had a mouth or eyes and this guy is about 4 feet away from me and the guy sitting down is about a foot away from me and I look down at him and see his skin, his clothes were the same. As in they were like this fuzzy almost pixelated black. He had a perfectly human shaped face but no eyes. No nose holes. No mouth. At that moment I just freeze and it takes all my strength to get my body to start stepping back from them. I can't speak and there is no way I can turn around. It felt like my energy was being drained out of me. This whole time that was probably mere seconds but felt like a long time, they didn't move an inch or speak. I finally stepped back far enough and me and my friend that followed me to off running down the path and our other friends followed. It definitely was an I should not be here vibe from them and very bad energy coming from them. My other friend saw them pretty close and felt the same way I did. I can't explain it but if anyone has had something like this happen to them, I would love to hear about it. I never told this story to anybody but my daughter, because I knew nobody would believe me. I don't even believe it. I worked at a video store back in the early 90s, and this couple came up to the counter to pay for their movies. They were talking and the girl was saying I know what I saw it was a centaur. I was like huh? Her friend said, you must have been drinking something or on drugs. After they left I was thinking the same thing, that girl was on something cause there's no such thing as a centaur. Fast forward a couple of months. Me and my boyfriend were going to a racetrack about an hour away from our town. We were making small conversation and I looked to the side of the road. The road we were on was known for deers and I was looking out. As I continued to look I saw a man on a horse and as we got closer it wasn't a man on a horse he was a part of the horse. I turned to my boyfriend and asked him did he see it. He didn't and I was not gonna tell him what I saw, because he didn't believe in that sort of thing. I wondered if this was what the girl in the video store saw. I just can't believe what I saw, a center that's made up? Right? A long time ago before photos were relevant in Alaska, my ancestors lived in harmony with the little people. Yes, they're next door neighbors and shit. They lived like that for a while until one day, one of the dogs of the native people ate one of the little people's baby, as it had stumbled too close to the dog, food was scarce to try and keep every single dog pack well fed. The little people leader met with the native leader and suggested that they put down the dog and all would be forgiven. Mind you, this was the native's finest dog, 
and was the leader for many years and he decided against it. Yes I know it's kind of petty, and I will never understand why he couldn't sacrifice one dog, as great as he was, and try and craft another leader, to keep peace between the peoples. As you'd imagine both sides split up and it's been that way ever since. It does fascinate me how life would be so much different if the native leader complied with the deal. I do wonder how it would be to live with them time to time. Anyway, one winter night in cold ass Alaska at around 5 am, I went outside to smoke a cigarette. It was unnervingly quiet and dark, as it usually is that time of night. I live in a really, really, really small town that barely stretches across a mile long. Outside of my house there is one LED light connected to an electric pole that's about a block or two away. There's never anyone out riding their machines or four-wheelers that time of night and rarely ever is someone walking around, let alone running. I'm smoking my cigarette and about halfway through, I saw it, at the corner of my eye. At first I thought it was someone taking a jog, but who would be jogging at 5am on a cold winter night? Not insulting my town, but no one runs here lol, not outside at least. There are some white teachers who do run, but all the teachers were out of town, back with their families in their home state as it was Christmas season. It was also snowing lightly. I turned to look and OF. This seven-foot mother F was just blasting down the street, I'm talking Usain Bolt shit going for that gold. I'm not really great at height perception but I know he was at minimum 6 feet 8 7. But here's where it gets creepy. When you run, you move your arms right. It's just instinct and I believe it does help you go faster with the right form. When I saw it, both arms were tucked on the side of his hips. No arms moving, but those legs were going at least 20 to 25 miles per hour. I was surprised at this point but then I noticed something else it was doing. It watched me as it ran by I can see the Parker rough outlines at the top of its body, facing towards me the whole time it was in sight. No arms moving, only legs, looking at me as it burned through the road. Now I did say there was a bright LED light a couple blocks away from my house, and it faces towards my place but that didn't do any help in trying to scope out its facial features, especially since the light was on the side as it was running and completely on the other side of its face as it was looking towards me. I watched it go by as it just watched me also, it felt like an eternity but really it was only about a 10 to 15 seconds encounter. Right behind it, a fox was chasing him. Almost like it was its pet or something. Although it's widely known in the state big and little people have supernatural powers, one of which is being able to transform into an animal it chooses. So I really don't know if that was its buddy or its pet, I'll never know. As soon as both of them were out of my sight, I went further onto the porch to see where they went. My friend when I told him about that part said e what if it just turn around and run towards you when you do that? That made me realize how dumb I actually was trying to observe its whereabouts, and that I never in a million years would go further onto the porch just to see it again. After I saw it had gone, I couldn't fathom what I just saw until later, but I noped the F back inside even my cigarette was unfinished. I didn't even put it in the cigarette container, just flew it across the yard Lamau. I went inside, continued on like it never even happened. Went asleep and I wouldn't talk about it for another year or so, 
I have no idea why. But when I did finally tell my said friend mentioned above, he immediately said the native word we have for tall people. A lot of my people choose to doubt me whenever I tell them about it, and it infuriates me because our culture has been involved with these kinds of beings for hundreds of years. We have a lot of folklore stories, but we also have a bunch of accounts based on true encounters. If you read up on supernatural beings in native Alaska, there are some horrific ones that will straight up scare the shit out of you. This happened a long time ago, and I do think of it time and time again. Like, why? Why did it do that to me of all people? I always heard stories of my friends running into little people and I never did saw them before, I would just be like man, I wish I can run into a little person or something or something I recall saying that a bunch of times. It's possible that one of their supernatural powers could sense this? Like almost mocking me, this is what you wanted to see huh? I wouldn't go out to places at night unless I had a ride because who knows what it would do if I saw it again. This went on for about a year, then I kind of just forgot about it I guess. Nowadays I can walk alone at night and be much less worrisome. I've done it countless times since then and if it wanted to do something to me, it damn sure would have by now. People tell me that they choose who can see them and who can't. Their stealth is unmatched, and only a select few can see the big and little people. That's why I wonder, why me? Why did it choose to do that to me? Was it just to quench my thirst for the supernatural, telling me this shit is real? I'll never know, I'm certainly not going to ask it. So, this has to be one of my fondest interactions between myself, and other beings. I went into the meditation with the hopes of making contact with the same beings that I had previously made contact with. But, I got something much more exciting first, I began with my normal meditation techniques, using a custom-made crystal grid antenna ray consisting of high vibrational crystals, such as rose quartz, moldavite, amethyst, merlinite, aura quartz, selenite, and lapis, along with others. Once I had that set up, I began to clear my mind, ground myself, and expand my consciousness so that I can become one with my surrounding energies and the universe itself. Once I felt ready, I pushed my consciousness far out into the universe, so that I can meet with anyone who was willing to do the same. I showed whoever was listening, visions of our solar system and our planets, which planet I was on, and where my home was. I introduced myself, and my family, and I began to show them who we were, and what we are like. By this time in my meditation, I could feel myself bleeding out and becoming one with everything. I was everything, and everything was me. I could see every single vein in my body exploding with blue and white energy, flowing down into the earth, and spreading out, touching everything and everyone. I could see and feel everything that was, is, and ever will be within this existence. All of a sudden, I was shown what looked like a galaxy of some sort. Medium-sized. Very whitey or sandy color. Cloudy, with a bright center, and two smaller arms. Like shark fin-shaped, spiral galaxy arms. I was then shown a star system, with four inner planets, one large, possibly gaseous planet with a ring, and maybe two smaller outer planets. They were all spinning around this star very fast. The main planet, 
which I believe to be theirs, was very earth-sized, with a sandy, brown color, with patches of blue and green. Their atmosphere looked blue-slash-purple, and very thin. Next, I saw a family of beings, wearing what looked like very thin, fine, blue-slash-white, silk dress-slash-robes. They had what looked like pale purple skin. They were very happy, and loving. They had large, flat, angular faces, and had what looked like normal-sized eyes, noses, mouths. Very human, yet very not. I was then shown what I now know to be memories of these beings. I saw these strange hills, of blue-slash-green and orange land. I saw a medium-sized planet or moon, just over the hill, with a small, very dim star about two-thirds the brightness of our own, surrounded in a dense cloud of sandy white dust. I saw homes in the side of the hills, and they looked like domed, honeycomb-like structures. Very simple, and made out of a strange, pasty, white cement-like stone? I have no idea what material it actually was, that's just my best description. I saw the beings standing in front of their home, almost like a family portrait. They were happy, and all looking at me, like they were introducing themselves to me, or perhaps saying goodbye, I'm not sure. They smiled at each other, then all smiled at me. The taller beings in the back, with their hands on the shoulders of what I assume was their children in front of them. After it happened, and after I returned, I was left with a sense of awe, and a longing to go back. This experience has been absolutely breathtaking and I myself have trouble knowing it happened. I shared my life and location, and someone across the universe shared theirs. I was truly an amazing experience, and I can't imagine what else is out there for me to explore. 1.